This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. I'm Simone Zizyaris. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday, the 12th of July. In your Squeeze today, more COVID troubles in Sydney, going to the edge of space, celebrating Ash Barty, and we're hiring. This is your Squiz today. The number of coronavirus cases in Sydney continued to grow over the weekend, Claire, and Premier Gladys Berejiklian has warned things are only going to get worse. She says we can expect more than 100 new cases today. Yeah, no one wants to see that, of course, but that certainly is the prediction from Berejiklian and New South Wales health officials. Over the weekend, what they reported were 59 people who were out and about in the community while infectious, and it's those sorts of numbers that continue to build that really has that prediction coming down the line. Also on the weekend to note was the first death of the outbreak, also the first death of a locally acquired coronavirus case in Australia this year was a 90-year-old woman. She was unvaccinated, officials say. Uh, She was the first death also in New South Wales for 10 months. Basically what that all means is things aren't looking good for Sydney's lockdown, which is due to end on Friday. In fact, Gladys Berejiklian said it's highly unlikely that that lockdown will be lifted. The news, Claire, has also led other states to tighten their rules. Yeah, what we saw last night was Victoria closing the border to all of New South Wales and the ACT. That happened at midnight. Uh, Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews told Victorians that it was appropriate to take that sort of action because if there's a problem in Sydney, there's a problem everywhere. That's a quote from him. Uh, Commentators say the one to look out for today is a tightening of the border with Queensland. Yeah, there'll definitely be more on that out today, as you say. And speaking of restrictions, last Friday, there were reports that the government had secured a deal to ramp up Australia's supply of Pfizer vaccines. Pfizer has since said that's not the case. The number of doses will remain the same at 40 million for the year, but the delivery has been brought forward. To international news now, it's still unknown who was behind the assassination last week of Haiti's President Jovenel Moisi, but making news over the weekend, Claire, was the interim government, which has asked the US and United Nations to step in and send troops. That really is quite a stunning move. There are very complicated issues between Haiti and the United States, so for them to ask the US to send troops to help them really is quite a thing. Uh, There are issues in Haiti at the moment the interim administration is trying to bring calm uh, across the cities and also prepare for elections and they say that they need some help to do that. The United States for its part is unlikely to agree with the request reports say but there are US intelligence agents on the ground there and they're assessing the situation. Uh, They will advise America's leadership on how they can best help. Moise's wife, Martine, also spoke out over the weekend for the first time since the attack. She believes it was carried out to stop Moise from holding a referendum in September that would give him greater powers. From Haiti to Ethiopia, where Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed has won the election after securing 410 of the 436 seats, so a pretty major win. There is a caveat though, Claire, a fifth of the country was unable to vote because of fighting between militants and the government. And so there have been some complaints from the opposition about how it was all run. 
Yeah, Abby's prosperity party has been accused of harassing opposition officials and also of being involved in intimidating voters. And when you look, of course, about what's happening in the north of Ethiopia, that Tigray region, as you say, many who live there were unable to vote because of that ongoing conflict uh, from regional forces against the Abbey government. Uh, the international community is focusing on Ethiopia at the moment uh, because Abby was someone who was seen as bringing peace uh, and also reform to Ethiopia. Uh, but in the last nine months or so, he's been accused of overseeing ethnic cleansing in that Tigray region. So there's lots of disappointment about what's happening in Ethiopia at the moment. There is, and a second batch of voting is due to take place in early September in many of those areas left out because of violence. But there's still no date set for the region of Tigray, where, as you say, Claire, there's been ongoing fighting since November last year. So this next one has been in the calendar for a while now, Claire, but overnight it finally happened. Billionaire Richard Branson has flown to the edge of space on his company Virgin Galactic's rocket plane. And very importantly, he's come back down again. So (laughs) he has gone up. He has come down safely. That has happened overnight. Uh, There's been really a head-to-head battle between Branson and the Amazon founder, Jeff Bezos. Bezos has his own space venture called Blue Origin. And on the 20th of July, he's going to take a trip to space himself. So there's been a bit of a billionaire's space race happening. Uh, What Branson said of his flight was that it went very well, that it's something that he dreamed of as a child, and it's really a very exciting new era. Yeah, there's been a bit of rivalry there, that's for sure. And if you're wondering what about billionaire Elon Musk, his plan is to go into orbit around the Earth. The first private flight is set for September. If you're interested in finding out more about who's doing what in the modern day space race, we have a squeeze shortcut on exactly that. Just search for Squeeze Shortcuts on your favourite podcast app. As we flagged on the podcast on Friday, it was a massive weekend in sport. In tennis, Novak Djokovic won his 20th Grand Slam at Wimbledon overnight to equal rivals Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. And you've been living under a rock if you haven't heard about the Aussies, but just in case you haven't, Dylan Alcott claimed his second Wimbledon championship in the quad wheelchair singles and Ash Barty won in the women's singles. How good was her parents' reaction, Claire? Oh, just so good. There's just so much pure joy around both of those wins and looking at her parents and their reaction and what they had to say in the media yesterday. It's just such a lovely story and all Australians can feel proud of Ash. As for Dylan Alcott, as you say, his second Wimbledon title, he is now on a winning streak that could see him win this Golden Slam if he takes out the Paralympics gold and also the US Open. So just an incredible weekend for Australia. Yeah, it really was, wasn't it? If you want to see that video of Ash Barty's family celebrating, I'll pop a link to it in your episode notes. Another thing we touched on last week was the football or soccer, as we say here in Oz. Argentina beat Brazil 1-0 in the Copa America. And as we record the pod this morning, Claire, England are going up against Italy in the Euros. Won't be long now until we have a winner. Yeah, plenty of people having an early start on a Monday morning to watch that. England, of course, is super hopeful that they're 
team can break a really long drought to win that one. It's a pretty exciting weekend and it goes on into Monday with sport. (laughs) Good to know there's other people up with us, Claire. (laughs) Yeah, the solidarity. (laughs) Squeeze the day. This one isn't actually for today. It's later in the week, but news out over the weekend is that Wednesday's NRL State of Origin Series finale has been moved to the Gold Coast from Newcastle. The NRL is also shifting 12 clubs into southeast Queensland for a month, given everything that's going on COVID-wise in New South Wales. Yeah, definitely good to get planned for that when you look at the week if you're still into more sport. Uh, As for me, we're heading to the 100th anniversary uh, of Australia's Federal Parliament passing the Commonwealth Franchise Act, which enabled women 21 years and older uh, to vote at federal elections next year as the 100th. So one to start planning for, perhaps. Yeah, good to break up the sport news there. Claire, before we go, we've got some in-house news at the Squiz. We're hiring. We sure are. We're continuing to grow and we're very keen to find a senior writer to help lead our weekday newsletter, also contribute to our podcast. It's a really great role. It's a role that I'd quite like, Simone. Uh, (laughs) So if you're someone who's worked as a media advisor in politics or in the corporate world or if you're a journo, we want to hear from you. The most important thing is that you have to be someone who's obsessed with the news uh, and have about 10 years' experience under your belt. If that sounds like you, drop us a line at hello at thesquiz.com.au and we'll send you through some details. Or if you know someone who would be perfect for the role, please let them know we're hiring. I think we'll wrap it up there for the day. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you again tomorrow. message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.